everybody to another episode of Real Talk with Bella. We have, over the past three weeks of this quarantine, um, covered almost every topic under the sun. Um, and today's topic is one that I'm personally super excited about um, because we're going to delve into uh, meditation best practices um, and how can it support um, everything that we're living and going through, especially in this moment that we're all living in. Um, we would have had our co-host Chanel Omari joining us today, but in her place is obviously our Bella's publisher, Jennifer DeSillis, um, and she's going to introduce our guest. Jennifer? Yes. Thank you, everyone, for being here um, and get to talk about something I think is pretty exciting, meditation. I even wore my meditation gear today. <laughs> um, so I'm sure most of you will recognize uh, Kristen Robertiello, uh, Bella stylist, Bella contributor, Bella team member, and a meditation advocate. Uh, we are also joined by Judy Banks, um, a stress management and mindful lifestyle educator, also a holistic health coach and founder of Balance Your Life. Welcome, Judy. And uh, Lauren Ekstrom, certified yoga and meditation practitioner, along with her husband, who couldn't be here with us today, um, and founder of Inner Dimension TV, a yoga, meditation, and personal development streaming service. So I'm excited to hear about that. Um, ladies, why don't we start by going around and, and telling everyone how you got started in meditation? Judy, do you want to start? Sure. Um... I started uh, around 2008, 2009. Um, long story short, my husband thought he was having a heart attack and uh, he ended up at the hospital. And uh, after many tests, he was released. And a few days later, he went to his cardiologist, conventional cardiologist in East Brunswick, New Jersey, who told him, uh, your heart is fine, but if you don't figure out a way to manage your stress, I can guarantee you, you're going to have a stroke. This was after the market had tanked. My husband was working in the market. And so I took it very seriously, him not so much, but I immediately jumped online and booked a retreat out at the Chopra Center in California, a meditation uh, four-day retreat. And on our way there, he said, this could be the dumbest thing I've ever let you drag me into. <laughs> <laughs> and I was worried that he was right. Uh, I had dabbled in meditation. I didn't know how he would respond to it. And at the end of that weekend, he looked at me and he said, I, um, that was one of the most powerful weekends of my life. And so we both started meditating. We decided to go in deep. We meditated twice a day for 30 minutes. He started meditating on New Jersey transit on the way home, into work and on the way home from work. And uh, the, the changes in our life were subtle, but very, very obvious. We had three teenage sons at the time. One of my sons had an inoperable bone tumor. Uh, my husband was possibly losing his job. And it just created the shift. So even though nothing in our life changed, we were still walking through these situations. How we were walking through them changed. And as a result of that, everything in our home changed as well. And so we learned that uh, it was important to understand that uh, even though they're stressing your life, that we do have control over it. Very Amazing. powerful. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Kristen? Do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so a couple of years ago, I had experienced something that caused, I was diagnosed with PTDS, oh wait, post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, I was having panic attacks on a daily basis. I would be driving my son just to the 
you know, the supermarket and I would think I have to pull over. I'm, 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 I'm going to pass out. I didn't know how to manage it. I didn't know how to manage my stress. It was something that was completely out of my control. I didn't really want to have to go on medication. Um, but I felt at a complete loss for how I could control this. And I just started looking around on the internet and different ways to manage stress. And I found this app called insight timer, um, which is a meditation app. Um, and I just said, I'm going to try this. And I started on a daily basis, setting aside a time and just laying down and listening to the guided meditation. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had no idea how to meditate. You know, a lot of times I would think I, I can't meditate. Like I can't stop my mind. I'm a very high, strung, like type A go person. So I felt this was something that wasn't going to work for me. But the more I did it and the more I really understood it and started to understand that I didn't need to necessarily shut off my mind. I just needed to kind of let my thoughts go and just give myself that time. The more I got into it and realized that it was life-saving for me, I, my panic attacks stopped. Um, and I just really, everything changed. So I'm a huge fan of it. I do it at least twice a day. Um, and I think it's an amazing, amazing tool for managing your stress in your life. Great. Lauren? Well, it's, oh, it's so interesting to hear the different stories because we're all related in some way. I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college at UCLA, and I all of a sudden became stricken with panic attacks, and they were crippling. They came out of nowhere. I'd been healthy my whole life, emotionally stable, and all of a sudden, I couldn't be in a restaurant. The noises, the smells would overwhelm me to the point that I thought I was going to pass out or I was going to vomit. And I thought, there's no way out of this. I don't, I don't know what the solution is. And it was terrifying. It left me feeling almost agoraphobic. Like I didn't want to go out of my small apartment. I didn't want to be in crowded places. I couldn't be around a lot of people. And so I called my mom and shared with her because my father had had a history of anxiety and he had been on medication his entire life. He'd been on medication for over 40 years. And I said to her, I don't want to walk a traditional path here because if I go to my regular doctor, the first solution is going to be medication. And there's of course a place for medication. And that's something we can touch on and talk about. It's really important to know that that's a resource that is life-saving for many people. But I didn't want that to be my entry point. I didn't want that to be my starting point because what it said to me was that there was something underlying here that was asking to be addressed. And if I started just by medicating it and silencing that, I wasn't really going to be getting to the root cause of it. And she said, why don't we do a few things? Go to acupuncture and then go back to yoga and meditation. I had done some yoga when I was in high school and I had been exposed to meditation when I was an adolescent. And so I started this three prong approach and haven't had a panic attack since. And that was, you know, back in 2002. Now that to say, and again, this is something we'll get into, it doesn't mean that anxiety isn't present as part of a human life. You know, this is part of navigating life. And especially this period of time that we're in, there's going to be some anxiety present for people. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us or that we're doing something wrong. 
but the practice itself gave me a whole new way of relating to the things that were coming up. And as I began moving down this path of teaching yoga and teaching meditation and becoming a mindfulness meditation teacher, what I realized I was organically doing at the age of 18 without having the education yet was I would sit with whoever I was with at dinner, my partner at the time, and I would say, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit anxious right now. And I would give voice to the feeling that was present. And all of a sudden, it just put a little bit of space between me and the emotion or the feeling that was arising in my body. Didn't mean that it went away, but it gave me the capacity to name what I was present to without overly identifying it. And in some way that started to soften it. And from that point forward, I established a meditation practice and um, sit for at least 20 minutes a day, sit retreat several times a year. My practice looks really different right now. I have a 10 week old daughter. So oh, wow. that's, that's been an interesting <laughs> Thank you. Um, But having the support of a husband who's also on the same path means that, you know, we support each other still in doing our practice every single day. That's amazing. Um, I am going to jump in and just kind of, you know, backtrack a little bit. And my entry point with meditation um, was, I didn't call it meditation at the time, because I guess I didn't have, an, you know, at 12, like, you know, meditation wasn't even a thing. But the high school that I went to, the school that I went to, actually incorporated what they called relaxation exercises right after recess. And it was a time to, um, to literally sit uh, and just do breathing exercises. And that for me, um, I mean, after four years of high school doing that on a daily basis, it just really taught me the importance of sitting and stopping and taking a breath and pausing. And again, um, you know, not really understanding what the intention behind it really was, which was to teach us how to just pause, right? To take a five minute um, and really breathe. When I became more familiar with the practice, um, obviously, you know, you begin to expand um, and um, know a little bit more of what it can actually allow you to do. And I just, I, I just remember it allowed me to just become, um, calmer in my reactions to things, right? So I wasn't as reactive, um, you know, and I have a very strong personality for those of you who know me very well, like I can be uh, very stubborn, I can be, um, and when I get angry, I can be very angry, but the practice of meditation has just allowed me to approach the day, my life um, in a very different way. And after meeting Judy, which Judy and I met, seven years ago, maybe it's been yeah. about, um, just listening to her, um, and collaborating with her in different, um, you know, even my, I've taught my children how to meditate and how to pause and how to do yoga. I've been practicing yoga for about three years now. Um, listening to her with, through her guidance, I was able to actually stop smoking, which I am, you know, I, you know, uh, thank you for that because, it was, um, it was something that she said, you know, realize that smoking, what you're searching for is for a breath. You're, you're literally searching for a moment to breathe. And when that like hit home for me, like when I 
began to really process that and understand like, oh my God, really what I'm looking for is for a disconnect, a moment, a pause. Um, and that just allowed me to completely, that and aside from the fact that I was getting really sick, but it really um, just helped me understand um, and how to approach that, that moment that I was seeking in an obviously healthier way, which was no longer smoking and not needing the cigarette, but just a moment to pause and sit and breathe. So um, I've been, I mean, I've been practicing since 12 on and off. Um, it really has changed. Yoga has completely changed my life. My husband, much like yours, Judy, when um, I introduced him to yoga, he was like, you are batshit crazy. <laughs> like, this is stupid. Um, this is like for wimps. And I had him go through a yoga session with me. And when he was like sitting drenched on the floor, I was like, um, who's a wimp now? You know, like, who's the wimp now? Because it really, really um, just, you know, because obviously, as you all know, it just strengthens you from within your core and whatnot. But you are really um, just approaching, you know, exercise in a more mindful way, I believe. Um, and it has just helped me overall with my mobility. Um, um, so I love it. So that's, that's really um, interesting that once you discover it and really allow the benefits to just impact your life, you know, you will, you'll see the changes and, the, and just, you know, flourish in so many different ways in your life. That's my thought process anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think too, I think it's so, um, like Vanessa said earlier, we've done so many podcasts over the past few weeks that deal with you know, all of the different aspects of what's going on right now in everyone's lives. Um, and this topic, you know, sitting here talking about it now, it, it you know, brings up things um, in my mind, like, and Vanessa knows, I'm usually very like, go, go, go. My brain is going a mile a minute. I'm going crazy. I'm like a neat freak. I'm, you know what I mean? My head's everywhere. Um, and I have to be on that pace. And then some days like this morning, you know, it catches up to me. And I, I have a hard time getting out of bed or I'm stressed or I'm on edge. And, and, I, and I feel like all of that go, go, go from that I've been dealing with for however many days at a time. And then I crash a little. Um, and I think it's so important. You know, so many people have told me, you should try yoga. You should try meditating. You need to breathe. You need to relax. And I've never really gotten into it. Um, and you all kind of, when you shared your stories, talked about the mental health aspect of meditating and yoga. So why do you think... Um, these practices are so important to our mental health and maintaining, um, I guess, a positive mental state. Uh, Judy, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I think that the world's very complicated normally, um, more so obviously now than ever. And um, it is true, as it was mentioned earlier, that we are supposed to worry when we are supposed to worry and we are supposed to feel sad when the world is sad. But the truth is, there's a way to calm that situation so we don't live there uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because if you train your brain to worry, it gets very good at worrying. When we worry, we activate our amygdala. And our amygdala is our fear center, responsible for fear, worry, anxiety, uh, and activating our, our stress response, our fight flight response. And when we do this, we begin a cascade of physiology that is very detrimental to our overall health and well being. Um, this fight flight response, our stress response, is uh, very important 
it helps us run away when we are being pursued by a predator. That's what it's meant to do, to give us the strength, the courage, and the clarity in that moment. But when we are activating this because we are worrying about something that is happening or might happen, uh, our body starts to respond. As soon as our stress, ref uh, stress response is triggered, our heart begins to beat more quickly our blood pressure rises, glucose, be glucose begins to uh, flood our bloodstream, our blood begins to coagulate, it gets thicker. Uh, cortisol, our stress hormone, begins to be released in large quantities, which leads to inflammation over time. And so when we are in this constant state of fight flight, it negatively affects our health. In addition to that, it also shuts down communication with the part of our brain that makes sense of the world around us. And that makes it harder for us to, to tame the stress response. Now, the good news is that uh, many studies have been done that indicate that when we meditate, we can actually create a shift in the architecture of our brain. A study done out of Harvard and Massachusetts General Hospital uh, showed in all of their subjects, every subject that was a part of the study, that there was a shift, that the amygdala, the gray matter density in the amygdala actually decreased, and that the uh, gray matter density in the areas of the brain, such as the prefrontal cortex, the frontal lobe, the hippocampus, that gray matter density increased. And what this means is that it becomes easier for us not to worry when we take that situation that we're walking through and not allow our, our amygdala to hijack it. So that the parts of our brain that actually grew in this study with a consistent meditation practice are the parts of our brain that are responsible for higher order thinking, reasoning, our ability to respond as Vanessa mentioned, rather than react. Um, the part of our brain that's uh, responsible for memory consolidation, resilience, uh, empathy, compassion, introspection. And so when we actually bring that part of our brain back online, this higher order functioning, the, the part of our brain, the parts of our brain that puts us at the top of the food chain, uh, when we put that part of our brain back in line, when we worry, it's not like a runaway train. And so we're cap more capable of processing that worry, that fear, that anger, that sadness from a place of reasoning. And so it doesn't live inside of us every single minute of the day. And when we sit to meditate, we offer ourselves a few moments to step away from our biography, to step away from our story. And we will come back. But our goal is to come back in a place of equanimity and balance when all is said and done. And so we, it's important to remember that stress is not what's happening to us. It's our reaction to what is happening to us. And that reaction is something that we can change. We can control that. And so for me, I've stepped into this knowing that, and I had a conversation with my son the other day, it was my birthday last Saturday, and I was having a really tough time. Thank you. I was having a very tough time in the morning. And I spoke I to felt... her the day of and totally didn't acknowledge it. It was awful. I felt like crap. I was like, oh my but, God, I spoke to you. That's okay. But I, I spoke to my son who's in, um, Cambridge, Massachusetts right now. He couldn't come home. He doesn't want to because he doesn't feel it's safe for us. And uh, I just was felt obligated to be happy because it was my birthday and I wasn't happy. And I was okay with that. 
Um, but he said to me, and you just love it when your children give you back, I feel what we've given them. He said to me, mom, allow the space to be sad. Allow the space to be angry. Allow the space to, for yourself to cry today. Allow yourself to be in it because this is where we are. And I could cry just thinking about that yeah. um, because it's true. But we owe ourselves the time and the space to step away and to do a breathing meditation or a loving kindness meditation and ground ourselves so that we can walk through our day and have moments of peace. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Super powerful. Lauren, do you want to go next? Yeah, Judy, what a beautiful explanation of the physiology of that. You know, I, I know for myself before I started this practice and even into the first several years of beginning the practice, I was a reactive young person. I was reacting from a place of defensiveness from these childhood adaptations that had been necessary um, and protective from a very young age. But what we know is, and we start to feel this as we grow and become adults and enter into intimate relationship and into the career world, that at a certain point, those ways of showing up in the world become maladaptive and they're not helping us anymore. And we get frustrated. We think like, gosh, I know something needs to change and yet I'm not able to change it. We keep repeating these patterns over and over again. And I think Judy touched into it so beautifully is that when we're in that heightened state of fight or flight and we're disconnected from that prefrontal cortex and those higher states, that higher place of reasoning in the brain, really that emotional center, we're not listening anymore. We've completely stopped listening. And that's often when we act out in these reactive ways. We blow our lid, literally. There's that beautiful brain model where you hold your hand up and your forearm makes the spine, you put your thumb over the palm of your hand, that's that amygdala place in the brain, and then you fold over your four fingers over the thumb, and that's your prefrontal cortex. And when we're in that state of fight or flight, we've literally popped our lid. Those fingers pop up and we're not listening anymore. So when we take that pause and we step away, which can be a hard thing to do, right? You're in the middle of a relationship fight, something at work, and you have to have the wherewithal to say, I really need a minute and I'm going to, I'm going to ask to step aside for a couple of moments and come back to this conversation. And when we do that, we're able to bring those parts of ourselves back online. And I think really connect with our values. You know, who do we want to be in the world? How do we want to show up? I know for myself that when I show up, even in the hardest of situations, and I'm having to sit with not necessarily somebody else, but my own intense feelings of stress, anxiety, um, upset, defensiveness, when I remain kind, when I continue to listen, when I continue to stay compassionate, I walk away from whatever that situation was more proud of myself for having shown up in that way in the world. And I think we've been talking about meditation, but of course yoga is a form of meditation. And in this sort of contemporary version of yoga, we have this impression that it's a fitness craze that you have to be skinny and pliable and flexible and look a certain way. And that's just completely incorrect, right? That anybody can do yoga. Everybody can do yoga, whatever your body size, ability, age, whatever the case is. And having an embodied practice 
in addition to a seated practice like meditation, the combination of those two things is is fuel for the fire of transformation. When you can get into your body and be in a pose or a posture that you feel is challenging you and you get to sense, wow, okay, I'm feeling heat rising. And you start to name some of those sensations that are occurring for you. And you start to see that it's workable, that you can be with things that are intense and you can trust yourself to be with that and not run away, not shut down, not disembody, not get distracted, and you can keep coming back. And that's really the root word of meditation, right? So the, the word meditation comes from this root word in the Pali language, sati, which means to remember. And that's what we're doing again and again and again. We're remembering to come back to the moment that we're actually in. We're remembering to start the practice again when the mind wanders, when the attention wanders. We're remembering who we really want to be in this world and in this life, but it takes practice. And it doesn't just happen you know, when you sit for five minutes a day, once a week, that it requires, it could be five minutes a day, but can you do that every day for five minutes a day? And that there's something that has to be continuous that we keep showing up and putting um, really our nose to the grindstone in terms of how we're going to put this practice into action. I love that you both touched on something. um, I mean, and I think that's, you know, the evolution of the practice that takes you to that place of uh, enlightenment, right? Where you can begin to see um, what is, um, you know, problematic for some people, you begin to see as frivolous or like, you know, that is just not worth your effort or your energy. And you begin to even speak in that way. Um, you know, that's why we hear uh, when I, when you were speaking, Lauren, now I, I um, you know, it's kind of like being the bigger person when you're allowing the the conversation, you know, is it more important to be right? Or is it just um, find equanimity in this conversation or agree to disagree, right? And walk away from it knowing that you don't have to continue the fight or you don't have to continue um, uh, just uh, the aggravation of whatever the, or the frustration of the situation itself. Um, but that you have the tools, both emotionally, psychologically, uh, you know, mentally, phys- and even physically to just walk away from a situation that doesn't serve you. Um, even if you keep trying to uh, change the other person's mind, you know, it won't be effective, et cetera. And you begin to accept, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to this because I know um, for, um, especially for most, uh, most of us, I think we're all married except Jennifer, that's something that um, is extremely difficult when you've reached a point of um, just understanding, right? Like um, that the argument is not worth, <laughs> it's not worth your effort, the energy, the time. Um, and you have a spouse or a partner that isn't as, and I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm being conceited, but I mean, evolved, right? We're a little more evolved <laughs> emotionally uh, than our, our, our better have. Um, because I know like when my husband and I, um, a few years ago, were just having, um, you know, just problems and discussions and arguments and whatnot. Um, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I refused to engage in the fight, right? I refused to, um, to just, uh, 
to, I refuse to take it, but I refuse to give it. I, I the, my response to the argument couldn't be the, you know, getting louder or screaming. I, it just didn't serve any, it didn't serve me. And therefore, I, and that, and his frustration was that I didn't fight back. And his interpretation of it was that I didn't care enough to fight back. And I was like, dude, nothing to do with it. Simply, you know, how, where is this going to get either of us? And, you know, that has to do with ego, which you, once you begin to um, practice meditation um, and yoga, and again, begin to, I feel, reach some source, and, you know, we're, we're using the, the med meditative expressions, enlightenment and and whatnot and energy. But once you begin to see that, you know, these mundane things really don't deserve your energy, you begin to, because um, I love what you said too earlier, Judy, about, you know, the worry will continue to be there. The stress is there. It's just your response to um, all of these things that are happening to you. I want to um, get into, obviously, what you know, because we've kind of mentioned it, what we're all experiencing as a collective, you know, in the world today, you know, a lot, I have a lot of friends and colleagues that um, are, their anxiety level is through the roof, um, stress levels due to job losses and, um, you know, income and not knowing and the uncertainty, right? Um, how can we begin to just address a little bit of what we may be feeling or that you may be seeing in your own circle that you've you know, encouraged your family members or friends to do um, while this is all happening, because it's affecting all of us. And um, you know, we've managed to, at least from um, you know, on a professional scale, you know, Jennifer and I work closely every day. Like I, one thing for me, keeping busy helps me, right? Keeping busy helps me not to um, allow myself to, to worry even more. Although I don't think I worry that much. <laughs> um, pretty chill. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry? You're pretty chill. Well, and I think Jen Jennifer worries for her and for I me. do the worry. I do the worry. <laughs> she worries for her and for me. But I am always, my thing is, it is what it is you know, tomorrow will be another day. Um, and, and it's not to say that I'm not concerned, um, but again, the responsiveness, right? What is like one thing that people after listening to this conversation can begin to do um, to, to help them cope and deal and, and really face um, this, you know, uh, this place that we're all in, in different ways. And you can jump in. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll say something. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Um, So what I found for me is that when I'm listening to the news constantly, when I'm staying tuned in that I feel like I need to know <clears throat> everything that's going on, my anxiety level is building and building and building. And I'm on these group texts and everyone's sending these, you know, reports and, and, and new updates on things that are going on. And the more that I'm listening to it, the more anxious I'm getting. And so what I'm thinking is, okay, I need to know what's going on. I can't completely bury my head in the sand because I tried that for a couple days and I want to stay informed. I want to know what is going on, but I can't spend all day, every day, just being inundated with this information. And so besides, I mean, meditating is definitely, definitely a way that pulls me away, away from all of that. So I will lay down in my bed. I shut everything off 
Uh, meditation is a way for me to go inward and to be only in touch with my own self and all that chatter that's going on outside and around is not um, inside of me at that moment. And I can definitely breathe and feel a, a tremendous amount of calmness. So when I come out of that meditation, whether I do 10 minutes or sometimes I've even gone up to an hour, when I you know, remove myself from my meditation, I can literally feel my entire body is lifted, my spirits are lifted, and I feel a lot better. I also am, have been doing a lot of outside walking, so not everybody is in the position where they can walk outside. I avoid everybody when I'm, you know, we're all still six feet apart, but I walk. And I even meditate while I'm walking, which um, I've been meditating for a few years now, so I kind of understand how to do that. But just really bringing my thoughts to my heart and, and just focusing on my breath has been very stress relieving for me during this time. And I think, Kristen, you're really tapping into something that has been central for me in talking to friends and students, which is we need to be centered inside of ourselves right now. It can be hard to hear that. What we end up hearing as a collective and as a culture is, oh, then we're self-centered and we have a negative connotation around that. And the reality is, and I know this for myself, there was a day where my mom was here before the lockdown orders were in place and everything was just starting to happen. We turned the news on, we had it on for I think seven hours. And the next day I was like, oh my gosh, this really left an imprint in my nervous system. So if we get centered, and this is what you're speaking to in the news, if we get centered in our friend's experience, our family's experience, we're not embodied anymore. We're not making decisions or choices from a place that feels grounded, clear, and steady. So when we can keep coming back to ourselves, to our hearts, as you said, which I love is so beautiful, right? It's like, what's here at the level of my heart right now? What is my heart most needing? And when we can keep coming back to that place, we're going to step away from that practice, whether it's been five minutes or 60 minutes, and we're going to have a lot more clarity in terms of our choices that we're making, but also in terms of our body. And we know that we're making a choice that's really right for us based on how it feels in our body. It's like, wow, okay, I feel a quality of equanimity. I feel a quality of presence or steadiness. And if we can keep coming back to that, that's a really powerful practice because it's like what we've already said and we've touched on it in different ways. Pain is an inevitable part of life. You know, you look at the way that we come into this world. It's not easy. It, pain is an inevitable part of being human. But what we've touched on again and again is that the suffering piece, like the reactivity, that's optional. But we're not going to have the space between the reaction and the response if we don't do this work and keep coming back to ourselves to be centered right here inside of ourselves, which is a place of power, really. That's a powerful place to come from. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to share something. I, uh, I begin each day with my meditation, whether it's right before I get out of bed, I wake up and I just lie there. Sometimes I'll sit up, sometimes I'll come downstairs, go outside. And I feel that uh, there's two forms of meditation that are very helpful for me right now. And it's, it's uh, quite simple. I, I begin my day with uh, a loving kindness meditation, which uh, is, is a very simple meditation, very easy to find online. And uh, in this meditation, you basically say, place your hands on your heart. I prefer skin to skin, where you actually feel like you're holding yourself. And you say, may I be happy, may I be healthy, and may I be free from suffering. 
and you feel those those words that feeling flowing from your heart and then you say you bring someone to mind the people in your life the people who are getting you groceries who are putting their lives on the line sometimes because they have no choice they need that job they need to put food on their table and you, you bring them to mind that one person maybe that helped you yesterday and you say may you be happy may you be healthy may you be at peace may you be free from suffering and then you bring that out into the world and you feel what the world is feeling right now because we're in this together and you share those same words with everyone every living creature everywhere knowing that we are all in this together and and that's so important for us to remember and i do feel like with social media with technology there's such a, so many easy ways to connect right now and we should make that connection positive to stay away from those threads where everyone is arguing and fighting and being negative and to seek more positive ways to walk through your day to look for that in your day and to avoid these conversations that will make you feel worse but we are we do gravitate towards that conversation right now and, and so it's important for us to remember that we're in this together and to stay in that place and see what can I do for someone today and then the other thing that I do is I practice a gratitude meditation and I am so grateful for everything I have. I've been feeling spoiled lately because my question isn't how am I going to pay for food? My question is when can I get a food delivery? Yeah. And for that, I, I'm truly grateful and my heart bleeds for those that can't say that. And so remembering again, hand on your heart, what am I grateful for? And beginning your day there because there is always something to be grateful for, not allowing yourself to be pulled away from that every moment of your day. Again, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be afraid, but to also bring yourself back because it's okay to feed yourself moments of peace, gratitude, and loving kindness as well. I, I want to say one more thing too. Oh, sure. sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like, I think that anyone's watching this, that if people don't really know how to meditate. A lot of people are afraid of it because they'll say they don't know how to do it. So I think it's important, like, I don't know, maybe one of you ladies like could give a description of, I know you just gave a nice meditation of letting us know that you don't have to turn every thought off. Most people say to me, um, I cannot meditate because I cannot lay down and focus. And, and as I'm laying there, all these thoughts are coming in. Oh, did I do my laundry? Um, you know, I have to go make dinner. And so they get frustrated and they think that, oh, I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. And what I try to tell people when they ask me is that that's okay. It's okay that thoughts are going to come in. We don't know how to turn our thoughts off, but we can just kind of not judge ourselves while we're in that space. We can like release that thought and say, not judge it, not be harsh on ourselves and just gently remind ourselves, okay, I'm meditating right now. I'll deal with that later. Um, but there's a lot of ways, again, that people can go out there and learn how to meditate. Even if you just lay down for 10 minutes and shut your thoughts, quiet your thoughts, kind of from your toes all the way up to your, you know, the top of your head, focus on relaxing each of your um, body parts and then breathing um, slowly. But the guided meditations I also enjoy on this app, I think there's Calm is one, but Insight Timer I think is free. And there's great gratitude um, meditations. You can find kind of like different meditations that what you're feeling at the moment. There's even a health one. So they say that meditation is really boostful for your immunity system, right? So we wanna stay healthy right now. So I do one where there's these um, health constant um, 
there are affirmations that just keep going about your health that are kind of getting into your subliminal mind. But people who think they don't know how to meditate can use these resources like these um, apps and, and just try it. I, again, I think people are afraid that they don't know how to meditate and so they don't go and do it. I think that's such an important point because we hear it all the time. It's the number one thing we hear. I can't meditate. I have too many thoughts. Um, I can't stop thinking. And I, this is kind of a gross reminder, but I think it works really well, which is the mind secretes thoughts the way that the mouth secretes saliva, that it's just a <laughs> natural function of the mind. And it doesn't mean that you know, there's something wrong with your ability to sit and meditate and that those thoughts are going to come and go. And that's the natural flow of life. Everything is arising and passing. Everything is shifting and changing. And I think that having guidance right now has been really key for me too. I've been meditating for oh, close to 20 years. And right now I need to sit with my teachers I need to turn on a meditation from one of my teachers. I have been in the seat of the teacher for a long time. I will always be a student first. But right now with everything that's going on you know, in the world, I need to have that outside guidance. I think it's very supportive. We all need to have teachers. And I'll be sure to send you guys that we can link to this podcast, a guided meditation that can go along with this, that can be shared with everyone who maybe tunes in and listens. Because it is important to have those resources and to have sometimes a voice outside of you rather than, if, especially if it's a new practice, just having to sit with yourself and not knowing how to do the practice, it can be quite confronting. So I think that it is important to have those places, um, like we provide at Interdimension TV, that can be there to support you in continuing your practice or Insight Timers, fantastic. That's a really important thing for people to have right now. I know, Judy, you offer, um, you've been doing something since all of this started on a weekly basis on your Facebook page also um, that people yes. can um, just, because I think that's, you know, and I'm glad you touched on that, Chris, and I think that, you know, um, meditation still for a lot of people is, um, it's like an unknown or or something that um, can actually be um, scary to a, a certain extent because you begin to discover more about yourself um, through the process. And that could be challenging too, you know, like things that you never wanted to acknowledge about yourself. You're like, yep, yeah, there, there it is. You know, like, yeah, this is true. So um, what can, what resource um, can you give us also, Judy, um, to just um, allow ourselves to just sit with ourselves uh, for, you know, you, you both mentioned if it's five minutes, but at least the five minutes should be every day so that we can begin right. to create the practice and, and the habit of um, getting in, in, in tune more with, with ourselves. Um, I think I'd like to, to uh, just uh, let everyone know what Lauren said is, is so true. We have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day and our mind thinks that's what it does. And when we meditate, our goal is not to stop those thoughts from flowing. It's simply to place them on an anchor, whether that anchor is our breath or a mantra meditation or listening to the sounds of nature. Uh, it, it's, it doesn't stop the thoughts from flowing. It simply moves us into another place, much like the way it, uh, it happens when we're reading a good book or watching a good movie. Our mind does that all the time. It stops thinking when we are somewhere that we find more engaging. And so meditation just offers us the opportunity to fine tune our ability 
to not stop thinking, but to put our awareness somewhere else and then keep doing that. We think, we return. We think, we return and not get frustrated with that flow because it's natural. And, and I always say, I don't, I believe we make more of meditation than we need to because we don't learn to meditate. We remember and return. It is in our nature as a species to be still and to not always be doing. And so for us to acknowledge that, that this is natural for me to sit here and to place my awareness somewhere else for a few moments, five minutes, 10 minutes a day, to find what resonates with you, whether it's a breath meditation or a mantra meditation or listening to nature, to see what makes it easier for you to step aside from your story, from your biography, what is happening in this moment, to just give yourself a few moments of peace and disconnect in whatever way works for you. And so when we all gather here, each and every one of us in this conversation, I think we can't teach someone to meditate today, yeah. but what we can do is open that door, that portal, and tell people, go out there and, and research it. When you have your phone in your hand, instead of going on the news or watching the pr press briefing, look into different apps, look into different people who are offering things to us right now. I offer, I've been offering um, meditations like Vanessa said on my Facebook page because I want to be there for people and give them the opportunity to try this and see if it resonates with them. That's awesome. Great. And I have to say from, from the perspective of someone who, you know, hasn't meditated before and doesn't practice yoga and does find it scary, <clears throat> excuse me, as you all mentioned, um, this is very helpful and very calming. Um, and I think that there are ways uh, for people like me who, you know, are interested and don't really know how to start that now, okay, I can start. And at least I have, you know, some outlets that I can go to. Um, so for everyone else who's listening and Lauren, thank you for saying that you would uh, share a link to, to a meditation. I think um, this was my sneaky way to get you started. Seriously, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, it's so funny. I, like, I said, I always bring it back. Like there's always, everything happens. I, I, need, a chill, I need a chill <laughs> co-worker here. Like I should need to be chill, so. <laughs> but it's, it's because, so true. It, because the, the reality is, you know, we've been working together since, um, I mean, for years, but um, more so since I, uh, you know, bought the magazine more like in where we're literally communicating every day um since august of last year and i at one moment moment thought you know she's she's got to think that i am like just like this foofy woo woo person <laughs> just because she's like oh my god i'm sure and i'm like no it's gonna but be okay. i need that sometimes because i'm <laughs> no. like oh my god oh my god because she's like, like, like and i'm it's like okay. it's fine <laughs> We got this. So you balance me out, but I'm going to start meditating. But in a way, I think that that's just how I think as human beings, we attract each other, right? Um, just because my husband also is reactive, I'm not, you know? Um, and and we balance each other out where, you know, when this crisis started, I remember texting Jennifer and be like, oh my God, my husband just literally told me to go order 30 pounds of rice, you know, three cans of peanut butter. And by the time I actually logged on to the computer to do that, I'm like, babe, it's sold out. Like we can't get anything online. So, um, and he was going crazy. He's like, go to the supermarket right now. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, we're going to be fine. 
Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Um, I, I ended up finding like 10 jars of peanut butter in my, in my cupboard. I'm like, dude, like, cause my family is a peanut butter junkie, but my point is, um, we attract what we need. Right. And, and in a way, you know, he pushes me to be a little bit more, um, I guess not, I, I don't want to say reactive cause it's just not in my nature, but just more, uh, grounded, you know, with like the day to day where I could, you know, be in that fleeting moment. <laughs> forever if you know uh, the opportunity arose so um i think that everything that you guys have um shared um is just really powerful and um helpful um and again to anyone who like jennifer has never tried this i mean you've addressed it both um uh all three of you in, in different ways but um i always like to end this with like your one piece of advice or the one thing that you could actually do right now today after listening to this podcast that you can implement to um, begin, you know, a more mindful way of living. Because at the end of the day, I think that that's what meditation does provide us, right? Is to, to be awareness, to be um, in tune with ourselves and our surroundings. Like what would be your one piece of advice to share? I think um, for me, the one, if I had to pick one thing, because there are quite a few, I obviously would say, think about the positive aspects of this crisis in your home. So for me, my husband's home, I have a 29-year-old son home with me, and uh, we are spending a lot of time together. Thankfully, we get along, we coexist well, <laughs> but we're getting to be together more. We're eating together more. We're spending meals together more. We're watching television more. Uh, we're spending more time together than we have in a very long time. I'm spending more time online, you know, on media such as this, speaking to my other sons who can't be here with me right now. And so I say to appreciate that space that you have right now, every meal that you make, the food on your table, and understand that as tragic as this is, it is bringing all of us closer together right now. And, and so together we are stronger. And, uh, and I think that we need to remember that and to also ask ourselves each day, what's one thing I can do for someone else to make their life easier during this crisis? Uh, because like I said, this is uh, all of us um, in this together and I believe that we are one and this reminds us of that. Thank you for that. In the Zen tradition it said that there is no difference between the formal practice and the informal practice. So the formal practice is sitting down every single day and doing your meditation, getting on your cushion or getting onto your mat and the informal practice is how you live. And I think Judy really spoke just now so beautifully to living your practice in your daily life. And so I would say that part of the takeaway for me is sit and do your practice every day. And I know for myself, it's been harder to do that during this time in some ways, that it would actually be easier to jump onto the phone and call somebody or scroll through social media or go and check the news or get busy cleaning my, my house. You know, like there's so much <laughs> when you're home all the time that needs to be cleaned. And so it can feel hard to make yourself go and sit even for five, 10 or 15 minutes 
And yet the reality is that there will be no greater payoff than carving that time out to do that formal practice. You know, with every decision that we make, with every choice that we make, there's a loss and there's a gain. And we have to remember that we're never going to regret having done our practice. I know for myself yesterday, I was really tired. It was later in the day. I hadn't gotten to my practice yet. It would have been easier not to do it. And I went and I sat and I did it. And by the time I was done, my energy was uplifted. My mind was clear. My body felt better. My heart was lighter. I've never regretted going and doing my practice. So I would say in addition to spending this time and really looking at where your story, where you're getting caught up in a story and making, looking actively for the gratitude and the positive. And then sit with that each and every day in a more formal way. And you're going to have really a powerhouse experience. Awesome. Kristen? Yeah. So mine's really in, in alignment with bo what both the ladies said. Just adding one little thing. I, I journal and I have a little journal next to my bed and it can be even a pad, a piece of paper, whatever. And I take a few minutes out of every single day to really focus on things that are I am grateful for as well as you know Judy and both ladies were saying that during this time, yeah, there's a million things we could focus on over and over again that are horrible. And, and, and we can also figure out things that are going on in our life that we are grateful for. And by taking it one step further, not just thinking about it, but actually putting the pen to paper and writing it down, I feel like that actually even lifts me up even more. And I'm a really big believer in the power of the universe. I'm a really big believer in the power of positive thinking and that we are attracting our energy to us by what we think. And so by taking that you know, time just to put it on paper, because then you can even go back and reflect on it. So just taking a few minutes every day and, and thinking what, what's, what am I grateful for about today and writing them down is a great way to just kind of start your gratitude and just let, kind of being able to feel better about where you are right now. That's amazing. I think what I give just, and we'll, um, we'll end this amazing conversation because I could go on for days um, talking about this. Um, we recently had Mel Robbins on um, our reinvention issue cover uh, for JanFeb. And I had not read her book. I had heard of her book and had not read The Five Second Rule um, until then because I wanted to you know, have the experience of meeting her immediately after reading her book and be able to engage and talk to her. But I think that one of the things that has helped me throughout this entire crisis has been remembering that five second rule of um, just propelling myself into action um, when I don't feel like doing um, yoga. This morning was uh, very difficult. I've been up since 2 a.m. And it was just because my son decided to sneak into bed uh, <laughs> very late at night last night. And literally, he's one of those volcano, you know, like he sleeps and you're, you, you, you're hit 35 times before you can actually, uh, you know, catch some Z's. Um, so by two in the morning, I was up and I couldn't um, just tolerate just his movement. So I moved in, into another room. And um, I was really, really tired. And I've actually been forcing myself to practice yoga within our EPT women community because it holds me accountable. I actually share a Zoom link and I always tell them, you know, join me because it helps me um, practice yoga three times a week. Um, and this morning was just hard. And um, I had like, I woke up with like that no sleep headache, uh, had coffee. And she said, you know what? I can't do this to the ladies that I know join me, you know, on, um, so I have to get on. And I 
was so grateful for the fact that I pushed myself. You know, I did the five second rule that I pushed myself because mid midway through my yoga practice, my headache was completely gone. Um, just, and it, you know, we did a relaxation um, circuit today and it was just a lot of breathing, a lot of um, feeling and just allowing your body to relax, um, which is ultimately what I needed. Um, and, and honestly, I mean, if we're going to come down to the one thing is just give it a try, just try it once. Um, and then, you know, go from there and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be a very long, uh, version, try it once, whether it's yoga or whether it's an actual meditative formal practice, try it. And then, um, cause you can never, you know, it's like when our parents used to tell you, you can't say you don't, you don't like it if you haven't tried it. So, um, try it. And then, you know, um, you'll see if it's something that will work for you. But I, I know per, I can personally promise you that um, for everyone who I've encouraged that eventually ends up doing it, you know, they're grateful for the fact that they're able to do it um, either several times a week or every day because it does completely just shape, change your perspective uh, about a lot of things. So especially during this time. Anything else? I'm definitely going to start doing it. <laughs> good. Good. Yay. Don't take it from me. Take it from the experts, you know, just well, and for for everyone that's that's watching and that and that wants to try it or wants to follow you all along and, and see the things that you're offering and the practices, uh, why don't we go around and let everyone know where they can follow you or get more information? Uh, Judy, do you want to start? Sure. Um, my website is balanceyourlife.com. Uh, however, I am posting uh, guided meditations on my Facebook page currently. Uh, and so you could check in there every couple of days. There's a few videos up uh, since I've been home. Uh, and so you can find me at balanceyourlife.com, balance your life on Facebook. And uh, I hope that you check it out and I hope it helps you. So thank you. Thank you. Lauren, Kristen. Oh, Whoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't, I don't really post a lot about this. I do fashion, but you can still follow me on, um, KR wardrobe design on Instagram. And I have a website, which is also krwardrobedesign.com. But I can, I can teach you what to wear while you meditate. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's always important. <laughs> Lauren. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So you can find me at innerdimensiontv.com. And for everybody who's listening or watching, um, just as a, I think it's important to support people in their practice right now. And I know that there are a lot of people who are experiencing financial hardship. Normally we have a 10 day free trial, but if you enter the code one month, all capital letters as one word, it'll give you a free 30 days instead. And just really want to extend that to anybody who's watching or listening to help support you in your practice. And there you'll find yoga, meditation, and wisdom talks. So like we're sitting here having this conversation, we do talks on some of these topics. We have guided meditations and yoga practices ranging anywhere from 10 minutes to 60 minutes that can fit each person's individual schedule and what they have available that day. And you can find me on Instagram at Lauren Ekstrom. Awesome. Thank you so That's much, great. everyone, for taking Thank the time you. to join us today. Um, this is super, super important and valuable. Um, and until we get to see each other in person again and give each other hugs and practice meditation sure. together, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. Namaste. Um, have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.